everybody and welcome to a new episode of Evie's Korean Drama Podcast Show. My name is Evie, I'm your host, and I am a K-drama obsessive. So this is the show where I waffle on about all of the K-drama that I love. If you'd like to support the show, you can check out my Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Evie Korean Drama Podcast. There you will find extra podcast episodes and updates on what I'm watching at the moment. Also, just before I get started, please be warned that I do swear a little bit on this show when I get excited. And when I'm talking about K-drama, I always get excited. Alright, so I thank you very, very much for listening and let's get on with the K-drama show. the K-drama that I am going to be chatting about with you guys today is called Startup. Uh, so Startup is a 2020, I'm going to say romance drama. I think, you know, it's very, it's almost like a youth drama because it has this like very strong kind of follow your dreams and inspirational kind of edge to it. But for me, the romance is kind of where it's at, um, along with, you know, a lot of character growth and stuff like that. Uh, so this um, this drama is 16 episodes. Um, it finished in December 2020. So as I record this, it's very recently finished for me. Um, and overall, bloody really loved it. It's really fucking good. It's a real kind of like feel good show. I think it's very... I don't know, quite beautiful in its own way. Like in a lot of ways, it's kind of quiet. It's, you know, it, it the main plot line and developments are about, you know, romantic entanglements and also like, will their business do okay? <laughs> so if I'm completely honest, um, I, when I first heard about this drama, I was like, eh, whatever. Um, but I was going to watch it because of the casting. So I saw that uh, Susie had been cast as the female lead and I, you know, she was probably my first K-drama actress major like love because I, my very first K-drama was Dream High, which was I think her first K-drama as a lead as well. Um, so I've really loved her ever since then, even though I probably haven't seen her in anything that I've loved her in um, for a long time, but I was very, very excited that she was in it. I really like her. Um, and also the male lead is played by the actor Nam Ju Hok, who I also really, really love. So basically I was like, premise wise, I'm not that interested in like big tech and business kind of stuff and entrepreneur stuff. It's just such a personal thing. You know, we all have, you know, I guess whatever K-drama-y kind of career options in a drama that we are more drawn to, for instance, like I'm a little bit more drawn to when they have writers and authors and publishing and stuff like that in a drama. I love workplace dramas that kind of circle around that stuff. That's really super fun for me. Um, but I am not that into business. And I kind of wish I was more into business because I feel like I'd be doing better at my life at organizing myself <laughs> and just uh, being more successful, maybe, um, if I was more into business. But I'm not. And that's just who I am. Um, so I wasn't that excited to kind of learn about kind of, I guess, the the kind of uh, industry that the drama would be set in. So I was like, oh, I'll definitely watch it because of the leads, but I'll watch it 
whenever I get around to it. Um, but because I, you know, as I mentioned in the intro for this, this episode, because I have a K-drama community now, I started, um, kind of seeing everyone talking about startup and they're like, oh my gosh, it's the best drama ever. Like, I love it so much. And I was like, what is all this hype? I must know. (laughs) So I wasn't going to watch it, you know, for ages. I had no real plans to pick it up. And I was like, oh, I've just got, I've got to know, I've got to know why everyone's talking about this show. Like, what is it? It doesn't look that different or, you know, whatever. Um, but I picked it up and I was just sucked in straight away to this story. Um, it's very emotional and very moving and I really, really like the characters. And I think that's what probably elevates it beyond just being, you know, an average little drama. It's actually a little bit more than that because it's so charming and so moving. But I think because you care about these characters so much, and I certainly did, I was like, my gosh, I really hope that their startup does well and they I really hope that they can get an investor <laughs> and all this kind of stuff that normally I'd be like, that's very boring. <laughs> but because I like these guys so much, I'm like, I really, really do want their dreams to come true. And also I want them to like kiss <laughs> in the sidelines as well. <laughs> so I really, really enjoyed this show. It was lovely. Um, And it's just, it's kind of an easy watch as well as just sort of sucking you in deep. So it's 16 episodes, um, but I should mention each episode is quite long, like an hour and 20 minutes. Um, So it's a little bit longer than your average 16 episode kind of romance drama. Um, But I think it's, yeah, I really, really liked it. I thought it was just kind of sumptuous and charming and it certainly looks beautiful as well as you know all modern dramas do now I think um so I think that's it from me on my kind of overview those are my general feelings um and the cast oh for the casting I should actually mention um so more than just the leads so uh the other interesting thing I think about startup is I'm pretty sure it's going to launch the career of um the second male lead or the dude who plays the second male lead uh so the character's name is Ji Pyong and and the actor's name is Kim Sono. And everyone is going wild for him. And I've just, I can only imagine it's because of the dimples. <laughs> um, so that's been very interesting to watch. Um, I think like I've kind of been in K-drama land, you know, not as long as a lot of other people, but still quite a long time now. So I've really witnessed this. I'm kind of realizing now I've witnessed this a lot where a second male lead in a drama just somehow blows up and captures everyone's hearts and everyone is like raving and in love with this person and going back and watching all their dramas. So I think um, the first time that happened since I've been in K-drama land was in a different Susie drama actually called Goo Family Book. There was a side character in that sort of a bad dude played by the actor um, Te Din Hyuk um, and he just blew up after that and everyone was like who is this man? What is he going to be in next? And then of course um, another drama came out, another sort of um, I guess rom-com-ish sort of drama called Angry Mum a few years later, I think it was, and that one had Jisoo as kind of a side bad boy with a soft heart, you know, second, sort of a second male lead, just side character, and again, he just blew up from it, everyone just loved him. And um, it's really interesting for me to see this happen again um, with Kim Sono, who, you know, has mad dimples. So, of course, it was bound to happen at some point. Um, But it's just, I don't know, just to kind of see that happen um, in waves, I suppose, in K-drama land and how people get discovered like this. Um, So anyway, he's really great in the drama and I can totally 
totally understand why the internet is currently gone wild for him. <laughs> um, all right, I'm going to get up, uh, get on with the setup. Okay, so startup and the setup of startup. What a confusing line. Um, so this drama, I feel like the first episode is quite sad. And I also feel like for me, I couldn't help but comparing this drama quite a lot, um, kind of with the feel of it and almost a little bit with the setup to Itaewon Class, another 2020 kind of inspirational startup business favorite of mine from 2020 that I really, really loved um, with the actor Park So Soojun. Um, but I do feel like there is a little bit of correlation between those two shows and particularly like in that first episode, which really does begin with a bit of a tragedy. Um, I think this show is a little bit lighter in tone, like there's certainly a tragedy, but the character um, that Susie plays called So Dal Mi, um, she's a little bit sunnier and I think she still has support and family around her so even though something terrible happens in her family I don't think she's ground quite as far down as um the Ite one class dude was anyway that's not what I'm talking about I'm talking about startup <laughs> So um, the drama kind of starts uh, with a flashback, I suppose, to Dalmi when she's a teenager. Um, she is very like precocious and sweet, but I get the impression she doesn't have a lot of friends. She's a little bit isolated. She has an older sister who is basically her best friend who's played, well, not at that point, but the actress who plays her in the main part of the drama the sister is Kang Hana and the character's name is Inde. Um, and, you know, her family goes, so Dalmi, the main character played by Susie, her family goes through a divorce. So basically the mother leaves the father because the father is always struggling to make ends meet. He doesn't want to work at a company. He doesn't want to work, you know, for somebody else. He's just sick of living that kind of life. And he has these very strong dreams of beginning a business and, you know, taking care of his family. And he's very optimistic and he's working hard, but he is also failing a lot. He's having a lot of business failure and their family is facing some, you know, tough financial issues. And it's obviously not how this mother wants to live her life. So she ends up, you know, leaving and it's all pretty horrible. Like you can't help but be on the dad's side. But I do understand how, you know, financial stress can just destroy relationships. You know, I think that's a very realistic thing to happen in a marriage, um, even though, you know, you watch it, you're certainly on the dad's side. Um, and basically, which I just think is horrific, you know, these parents are getting divorced and the kids have to choose, you know, which parent will they go with, which is pretty intense. Um, so Dalmi chooses to stay with her dad and older sister Inje goes off with their mum. And the mum ends up remarrying this like super duper rich and also completely horrible dude <laughs> who's like a chebol or whatever. And he's like got a big conglomerate and heaps of money. And, you know, they kind of go off to, I think it's America and Inje gets all the best education and the best life and gets everything bought for her. And, you know, it was basically living a charm existence. And meanwhile, Dalmi is just struggling. Um, she's very isolated. She's very unhappy. And then the worst thing happens is her dad dies in such a tragically 
it's really sad. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's so sad. I think they did really, really well with the relationship between Dalmi and her dad. And I think, you know, it kind of makes so much sense that when she's older, she comes across people who are starting businesses and, and why it means so much to her to start up something of her own, because it is this kind of I guess, hark back to her dad and who her dad was in her eyes. And he might've failed. He was, you know, almost about to obviously all his dreams come true and he gets in an accident and it doesn't work out. And I feel like so much of Dalmi wanting to do this stuff is to fulfill her father's dreams and this relationship that she has with him, because there's a part of her that is always so... I was really interested actually in, sorry, I'm bouncing around a bit, but I was very interested in the relationship between the two sisters because I think so much of the conflict between them is around Dalmi resenting her sister so much for not picking their dad in that moment, but also resenting her sister for not picking the dad and then living this perfect charmed life. You know, from the outside, that's what it looks like because she's got so much money. She's got everything paved for her. Whilst Dalmi is struggling, but also not achieving any of the things that she wanted. And if you just look at the two sisters, you know, once they're grown up in terms of success, Inday is the more successful sister. And Dalmi, it almost breaks her heart because she feels so guilty to her dad that Inday might think that Dalmi is not successful and that proves that she shouldn't have stayed with the dad. And so I feel like that's such a good emotional drive for Dalmi to, one, always be at odds with her sister and want to show her sister up. Like, because I don't think that's a great quality to have, like to want to be better than someone and, and always wanting to show them up. But I think the drama explained this drive in Dalmi so solidly and so understandably that she she needs to be better than her sister. She will lie. She will do anything to make her sister think that she's successful. And I thought that was really cleverly put together. Um, and also it just, it works so well with Dalmi and the whole business startup and all that side of the thing, like of the, of the plot, because it makes so much sense that her feelings and her love for her dad are just wrapped up in her drive to be a successful startup businesswoman. And I think that's really cool. Like, I love it when characters, you know, obviously characters always have something they want in a story. They have a dream or just something, you know, a goal. And I love it when it's not, they just want it. They just want to be successful so they can have heaps of money or whatever. Like, it's so much better when there is an emotional foundation for that want. I think it's so much more believable. And then it... I don't know. It really, it really worked for me. I think Dalmi's whole setup, I really, really liked it. So of course the main kind of plot at the start of the drama is that once Dalmi, um, you know, once the whole divorce happens, everything that happens, um, she's very isolated and very, very sad. And she, so she has this grandma who I really, really liked played by an actress called Kim Hesuk. I'm just going to call her grandma. Um, so this grandma is, she like runs like a corn dog shop or something. And one day this boy, this like very angry, vicious kind of teen boy who played by, um, an actor who plays the younger version of, um, Ji Pyong is this character. So this is the second male lead, um, who throughout the drama is played by Kim Son Ho, as everyone I'm sure knows, cause they're all in love with him because of those dimples, I'm pretty sure. Um, but his younger self is played by an actor who I just like, he's just in 
everything these days. Um, so his name is Nam Darum. Um, so yeah, he's just, I'm sure he'll be a big lead actor in the future because he just pops up as the youngest self of like every actor ever in the whole world. Well, in Korea, <laughs> not in the whole world, in Korea, in K-drama land. Um, so anyway, this, you know, Ji Pyong is this young, angry teen boy. We find out that he has, you know, he's aged out of an orphanage. He has no one to look out for him. He's given a very small amount of money and just let loose into the world. He's incredibly intelligent and smart. And I guess streetwise, but at the same time, like he is not trusting of other people. And he comes across this grandma and she is kind to him. She gives him a chance and he's very, very prickly. And I really kind of loved the way it took Ji Pyong so long to trust. But even when he does trust, he still goes his own way. You know, he... It takes him so long realistically to open his heart and really to the end of the drama, which covers, you know, a span of what, like nearly 20 years or something of his life, that he still just cannot accept like anything other than, you know, being ruthlessly smart about his decisions and doing the best thing for himself, even no matter what that kind of happens to other people. And Ji Pyong's whole relationship with the grandma, who is basically just becomes like his own grandma or mum figure or whatever is so good it's so emotional it was one of my favorite kind of relationships in the whole drama it's so moving um and so anyway the grandma with this prickly angry teen boy kind of talks him into helping her write some love letters to her granddaughter Dalmi because Dalmi is so adrift and isolated and unhappy and they her grandma just wants to give her a friend because she's dealing with this divorce and she's having a hard time losing her best friend, which is her older sister who's kind of, you know, she's gone off and is doing other stuff now. So the grandma sits down with Ji Pyong, you know, teenage Ji Pyong, and they just pick a random name, which is Nam Do San, who's just some little boy from a newspaper who's a real smart cookie who's won some big award. And they pick him and pretend the letters are from him. And so what, of course, occurs is this very deep kind of pen-friend relationship between teen Dalmi and teen Ji Pyong. But I was never really sure, I have to say, as a viewer, I understood that realistically the grandma is the one who starts writing these letters. And I did get the impression that Ji Pyong takes over at some point and then they're genuinely from him to her, to Dalmi. But I'm not sure if the drama really like explicitly states that or not, or if that was just my assumption that he really wrote those letters in the end, not the grandma. It was him. They have this pen pal relationship where they're supporting each other, but I'm not even really sure. Um, so I'm kind of interested in that. I'm not sure if I missed something or if we were just supposed to kind of make that assumption or something. But obviously these letters for Dalmi, they, they're a lifeline. They become a complete lifeline to the point where you know, at that age, she doesn't really want to meet this boy. Like, I think she's half in love with him. Like, he's, I realistically, he's her first love. But she doesn't want to meet him because it's like this dream. And if she meets him, it will be punctured. What if he isn't what she needs him to be? Um, so she really, really puts this boy, who she thinks is Nam Do San, up on a pedestal. And eventually they stop writing to each other because Ji Pyong, like, fucks off to the city to make a million dollars or whatever. Um, and Dalmi kind of stays put with her grandma and grows up. 
and eventually moves to Seoul as well. Um, so they lose contact for like 15 years. And then um, when Inde, uh, so that's Dalmi's older sister, comes back into her life and she's super cool and super successful, Dalmi's just like, I've got to show my sister up. So she lies. She says that, you know, she does have a cool boyfriend and it's Dosan and he's got his own business and he's really awesome and all this kind of you know, it just makes so much sense why she why she does that in that moment to lie to her family, who she hasn't seen, you know, for so long. And she's just so angry at Inje for the decision that she made. And also, I think, in her own way, Inje does reject Dalmi. You know, they stopped communicating and it wasn't Dalmi that wanted to stop. It was Inje. She just got into a different world, realistically. Um, so the whole setup of the drama is basically around this kind of lie, I suppose, that Dalmi is now looking for Dosan as the writer of these letters that, you know, saved her life as a young person. Like when she was a teen, these were her reason to keep going. And she's looking for him so that just for one night, he can pretend to be her boyfriend and, you know, like just save face in front of her family who are returning from overseas. But of course, Dalmi's also quite interested in um, who he is. And I think she's kind of in love with him. She's never really been able to find a boy that measured up. And she has such a like, you know, she really has put this guy on a pedestal. So um, which is quite an interesting way, I think, to begin a relationship um, with these really intense expectations around who he is. So I'm just trying to remember what even happens at this point. I think um, so Dalmi's looking for Dosan, but meanwhile, Ji Pyeong, as an adult, um, comes back across you know, the grandma and the grandma's like, oh my gosh, Ji Pyeong, like, do you remember those letters you wrote? Like, we need to freaking find Dosan because he needs to turn up to this event and save Dalmi because she's like, <laughs> she's in a lot of shit at the moment. So Ji Pyeong agrees and it's very interesting. He just starts bending over backwards to help Dalmi. And you do get an impression at this point that there's something there, like he feels something for her, even though he hasn't really talked to her or met her as an adult, but he's really going the extra mile. And he keeps saying it's because of, you know, the grandma, it's because he owes the grandma, it's because he's trying to help the grandma feel better. But it's not, like, it's definitely not. There's something about Dalmi that he wants to help her. Um, and so basically they find both of them find Dosan separately and he's not quite, I guess, become what everyone thought he would. He won like this, you know, mad tech competition or maths competition or something when he was really young. He's been to college when he was still like, you know, in middle school. And so he's basically this mad genius. Um, but one thing I really liked about Dosan as a character played by the actor Nam Ju Hok, one, his sweetness, his like geekiness, but also... I kind of love this depiction of what it might be to be like a very focused sort of, you know, genius level and very smart guy. Like he's very literal around things. And I feel like K-Drama Land has this tendency to write heroes that are genius at things and are also good at everything and have these like really charismatic, perfect kind of personalities and stuff. Whilst I think in Startup, I really liked the depiction of Dosan as this, you know, mad tech maths genius who isn't good at social stuff. Like he's so focused on the stuff that he is good at that he isn't very good at understanding like social cues and um 
how to relate to other people. And he's not really super interested in that stuff either, which I kind of liked. Um, he, I, the only word I can use to describe Dosan is like, he's an absolute sweetheart. And I have to say that it's very, very lucky that he's such a sweetheart because the drama, like the setup of this drama it really places Ji Pyong as the main male lead. Like he has the absolute classic hero setup, um, which I found madly interesting. I feel like the way, sorry, I'm bouncing around a lot. I know I'm quite excited about this drama. Um, but I think, I feel like the writers of the drama, they know their audience. So their audience is, you know, all of us who have watched a lot of dramas, who understand how male leads and heroes and second male leads fit into a story. You know, we know what the setup is. Like generally, if you've got a male lead, he's the one who's going to have a connection to the female lead in childhood, but they've lost touch. And then they're going to realize that later that they actually were the ones who wrote letters to each other or whatever. And this drama, I think it's very interesting because I think the writers know their audience and then they write a drama that plays with K-drama tropes in a way that when I watched the first couple of episodes of this drama, I was confused. I was like, honestly, like, I don't understand this. Like Ji Pyong is getting set up like he's the male lead, but I know he's not because they've cast Nam Ju Hok as the other dude. He clearly has to be the lead, even though he's not even in the first, like, I don't know what episode or two episodes. I can't remember. Um, so I just found that really fascinating. Like it absolutely knows what we expect. It knows what tropes we expect. And then the drama plays with them and twists them. And because of that, I found the setup fresh and surprising and unique and so weirdly interesting because I just couldn't wrap my head around it. And yet I can imagine that someone who hasn't watched a lot of dramas, who doesn't know anything about dramas, they wouldn't have had that same surprised reaction to watching this K-drama because they just would have gone along with the story and been like, okay, yeah, whatever. But for me, I was like, this is so unique and surprising just because I've watched so many dramas. So I think that that's a really kind of just interesting choice by the writers. Um, it's so... They just understand us, I think, viewers so well. And it was a really clever kind of twist. Um, so yeah, I really, really liked that. I liked the setup. I liked how much I didn't expect it. So basically what happens in the drama is Ji Pyong manages to track down Dosan and he's like, Dosan, you have to go and go to this, you know, this party and be Dalmi's fake date for one night. You've got to do it. And Dosan's like, who are you? Who's Dalmi? What's going on? What are these letters? I don't understand. Like, it's very confusing for him and fair enough. He's also the CEO of a little tiny tech kind of company. Um, company, I said company with like little italics with my fingers because they're basically, you know, scraping by and they don't have a business plan and they don't know anything about business and they're operating out of a weird building attic place. Um, so I really love that Ji Pyong's like, I'm going to pay you to go do this thing. And Dosan just says no, because he wants to, like, he wants help with his business, but he doesn't want to take charity. But in the end, after reading the letters, um, the letters from, you know, that Ji Pyong and Dalmi were pen palling from way, you know, back in the day when they were teens. I love the fact that the second Dosan reads these, like you can tell how moved he is, even though. There's a lot of like almost romantic ideas and almost poetry in the emotions that are described in these letters that 
Dosan doesn't live his life like that. These are not concepts and ideas that he really cares about or understands. But you can tell that these letters still move his heart in a really deep way to the point where he doesn't know Dami, he doesn't know anything about her. But after reading these letters that she wrote as a teen, you know, he runs off to be there that night to help her to pretend to be her fake boyfriend and pretend to be like the CEO of a company and all this kind of stuff. Um, so I really liked that. I like that he made the decision to kind of get involved himself. Um, and that made a big difference for me because the next part of the drama is basically Dosan lying his fucking face off for episodes and episodes to Dalmi while sort of embarking on a relationship with her. And I was like, oh, dude, no, stop lying. I hate it so much. <laughs> I have a serious issue with this kind of stuff. But it was very interesting for me because... um. So I had a major issue with the lying at the start. So when Namdo-san is pretending to be a rich, successful CEO and he's driving, you know, a sports car and he has his like expensive watch on and his cool clothes and he's pretending to be all suave and cool. And I hated that stuff so much because, you know, if Dalmi is falling in love with him, she's not falling in love with him at that point because he is not even showing her who he really is. Um, but eventually, of course, the truth comes out and she still thinks that he's the boy who wrote her the letters, but he now she now realizes that he lied about being rich and successful and none of that was his and it's all Jipyong's um, kind of, you know, car and shit. So that was the point where the lie for me flipped and I was like, oh no, I'm on board with him lying about the letters, but he's still being himself. So when she falls in love with him, she's falling in love with him. And I really liked that. So that really, really worked for me. Um, so I've kind of jumped around a lot. There was one more thing that I thought was really, really interesting before I get into the stuff I loved. Um, I'm waffling a lot. I know <laughs> it's a really cool drama. I feel like I have a lot to say. Um, but this one was really interesting for me because at the very start of the drama for quite a few episodes, you know, you have this kind of the setup really is around this lie. Um, not just the lie of the fact that Dosan wrote the letters when he was a teen, which is, of course, a lie. But the second lie that I hated, which is that he's rich and successful and perfect and has a sports car. And obviously all those things are really Jipyong. Um, so I was chatting to my friend Catherine, um, who I met because of this K-drama podcast, who, um, and so she said that basically that plot line, that setup is exactly the same as this old play. Um, and once she said it, I realized, oh, I'd seen a movie based on the play and she's totally right. So this was really interesting to me. And it just shows you, you know, whether it's intentional or not, and probably it wasn't. But at the same time, the way that stories get recycled or um, reused, but, you know, twisted in a completely almost unrecognizable way, um, because it's only the very start of the drama that kind of mirrors this other story. Um, so the film that I had seen a long time ago is called Roxanne. It's a 1987 American romantic comedy film that stars Steve Martin and Daryl Hannah. So it's about... <laughs> It's kind of different, but it's so similar. Um, and I, I don't know anything about the play, um, which is called Serrano de Bergarac. I don't know what that one is, um, but presumably the same plot, um, which is what Catherine pointed out. And basically, you've got Steve Martin's character who has a really long nose, like his nose is really long. I know that sounds really weird, <laughs> but in the movie, he has a really long nose and he falls in love with this very hot woman. So he kind of like gets this like other hot dude to pretend to be him and he starts, you know, just using the guy 
to, you know, I guess be his romantic, I don't know even how to explain, like he gets this other guy to pretend to almost be him, but Steve Martin with his long nose is the one who's actually, you know, communicating with the woman through letters and through, um, uh, you know, text. I'm sure it wasn't text actually now I'm thinking because it came out in 1987. (laughs) So what am I trying to say, you're wondering? What I'm trying to say is that they actually took, I think, this story and repurposed it in their own way, or even if they didn't do it intentionally, it really is. And I find that so interesting. Um, So if you are interested in that film, I don't know if it's any good or not. It's called Roxanne and it's from 1987. <laughs> um, So I really, really liked, um, I did really like the whole setup with Nam falling in love with Dalmi and having to really, really struggle with the fact of does she love me or does she love Ji Pyong? And there's this scene that I loved at the start and it was one of those moments because the lying stuff with him lying about being so successful like I find that stuff I don't know why it's just a personal thing I find it really hard to watch sometimes um but this scene was such a turning point for me I was like oh I love what this drama is exploring around this lie that I hate so much and it's the scene where Dosan asks Dalmi what she likes about him and it becomes such a like recurring theme and motive throughout the drama that I really really loved um and you know she's like I love you because you're my first love I love you because your letters really supported me as a kid and he's like what else what else and you just see you know this man's heart breaking as she says this stuff like it's so moving and eventually she says that she likes his hands his big hands she really likes them and for her like I really like this because it's also like a little bit of an example of I think miscommunication because for Dosan like he feels so destroyed he's like all she likes about me is my hands and to him that's just terrible but I think to Dalmi I think that means a lot, you know, that she likes his hands. Like she doesn't mean literally his hands. It's what he's doing and him being there. It was that moment when he took her hand and he protected her, um, you know, at the party when she needed help, he was there. So to her, it's actually, I feel like a very romantic, beautiful and real thing that she's saying about Dosan himself, not about Ji Pyong and his letters, but to Dosan, you know, it doesn't, it makes him feel like she doesn't care about him at all. And it's all this persona that he's faked his way into. And it's so heartbreaking. So um, I haven't like, I loved the love triangle in this. I love all the angsty stuff. It's so good. But, you know, I can't keep talking about it forever, apparently, because <laughs> I should stop. So I'm going to go into stuff I loved now. Okay, so these are the things or just some of the stuff that I really love. Like, obviously, I can't go into everything, but I actually took some notes um, while I was watching this. So I'm going to kind of read out some of the notes. So um, one of <laughs> my first note is about Namdo-san. So at the beginning, um, I think Ji Pyong is kind of like asking him and if he's had a girlfriend before and Namdo-san is just like, he's so kind of like blushing about everything. So Ji Pyong's like, oh my gosh, you haven't even had a girlfriend before, have you? And Namdo-san is just like, he just says it straight out. He's like, no, no, I have never. And I just love this moment so much. I thought it was the sweetest thing because I feel like there's something about 
when you are, you know, in your teens and 20s and if you haven't had like a girlfriend or a boyfriend before, you haven't kissed someone before, you know, even further than that, like there's such a weird social thing around that where you are expected to have done those things and it's like really uncool or geeky if you, you know, like if you've never kissed somebody or anything like that. And I hate that stuff and I loved how sweetly just confident of himself and sure of himself Dosan was when he's just like no like it's just the truth and he's not embarrassed of it because it's the truth and it's just the sweetest thing ever like I found that that moment was so endearing and you know it was a lot of those early moments with Dosan that really just makes you love him so much and I think it's very good because the setup of this drama as Ji Pyong, you know, he really is set up like he's going to be the male lead and you like him a lot. Like he has the tragic backstory. I mean, Dosan does as well once you find out a little bit about that later. But at the beginning, you know, it's hard not to be on the Ji Pyong ship like at the start. Um, so it's lucky. <laughs> it's lucky that Dosan is such a sweetheart. And there's these moments, these really gentle, cute moments with him that really make you root for him in winning over Dalmi's heart. So I really, really loved that. I just, I loved how sure of himself he was to admit something that it's just, I don't know why it's so stupid, but I feel like it's a, you know, it's like a real stressful thing when you're super young. Like I know when I was a teen, just so you all know, this is a bit personal, but I was a bit of a late bloomer. I, um, and so I, I used to feel really, really embarrassed about that kind of stuff, you know, and I really loved that he didn't. I found that so endearing. <laughs> um, so there's another thing that I really love that I've got on my list. Um, so it's this moment a little bit like maybe maybe a quarter of the way in the drama or a bit further. And there's this split screen. So the drama kind of split screen and we see both boys, like so Dosan and Ji Pyong, one on each. And um, Dosan is, I think he's with his friends and Ji Pyong is with grandma. And grandma, you know, both boys get asked at the same time, do you like Dalmi? And they're like, you know, they're getting asked in this really shocked way by, you know, Dosan's friends are asking him and the grandma is asking Ji Pyong. And so the screen splits and we see both of their faces. And I loved this moment. Like it's such a good love triangle moment. So they both get asked the question and Dosan, like they both stare, just staring for a while. And then Dosan slowly starts smiling and he's just like, mm-hmm, yes, I do. And meanwhile, Ji Pyong He's like, he, oh, his facial expression in this moment killed me. And he's just straight away, he's like, no, no, I don't like her. But the look on his face, like it's so, it's just this moment where you know he's having such a self-destructive moment because he can't be honest about how he feels. And I, he just looks destroyed. Like the look in his eyes is so good. And I loved it so much because also, obviously, it embodies the theme of the drama, which is like, you know, if there's something you want, if there's a dream that you have, you have to go out and you have to do something. And of course, that's the biggest difference between both of these boys in this drama is that, you know, Dosan is clueless. He is a sweetheart who is completely clueless. And yet he gets the girl because he tries really, really, really hard. And Ji Pyong is so protective of his own heart. He is not brave when it comes to his heart. He cannot bear to let anybody in or put himself out there or open himself up to rejection. 
to the point where he won't even try because he's so afraid. And it's so sad because particularly at the beginning of the drama, my gosh, if he had walked up to Dalmi and been like, hi, my name's Ji Pyong. I wrote the letters. I just put a different name on them. She would have been fucking head over heels for that man and his dimples. Like he would have won her over in like two seconds and he was not brave enough to do it. And of course, that's the whole theme of the drama. Um, and between both of them, uh, it's why Dosan ends up where he does at the end of the show. And I just really love this moment with the split screen and particularly Ji Pyong's expression in that moment. I just think it's so good. It kind of broke my heart a little bit. I really loved it. Um, so the next thing on my list of stuff I loved was I've written the hell that Dosan goes through after Dalmi tells him that it's only his hand that she likes. I loved the angst of all this. I thought it was so well done. Um, it was very, very cool. Um, and I just... It was so interesting because I think at the start, Dosan is, you know, he might not be very successful, but I don't think he's, he, he kind of comes across as confident in his own weird way at times, I suppose, not so much around his business, but this whole thing that develops with Dalmi and him falling in love with her, but pretending to be someone else, like you can see the way that rocks him and shakes his confidence. And it just kind of is slowly destroying him to the point where you realize he's, you know, he's got some past traumas about kind of pretending he's better than what he was or, and it carries the whole way through the drama so that even when you think he's kind of very self-assured later on, you realize he's not. And I really liked those themes with him. Um, I thought they were really, really well done. And the whole hand thing was so good. I really liked it. Um, so I've got on next on my list. So the first time that Dosan meets Dalmi's grandma, he gives her these little sponges that he knitted. <laughs> I had to write it down because I thought it was the coolest, sweetest thing that I ever saw. And I was like, this boy, like, oh my gosh, they're little like, and he's talking to her about, you know, the RPG or whatever it is, colors. So like certain ones, the colors you have to use in the bathroom, other ones are for the, you know, food surfaces. And it's just like so fucking adorable. I liked it so much, um, but it's also so thoughtful and lovely. All right. So I would say that about maybe a third of the way through the drama, there's the next thing that I really loved. So grandma asks Dalmi, they're kind of hanging out together in the house and grandma understands that Ji Pyong wrote the letters and Dosan is like just trying to help out, but he's falling in love with her and Dalmi is dating, um, dating Dosan at this point, like they've kissed. So they kind of, they're properly dating. And grandma asks Dalmi, who does she like more, the old Dosan or the new? And there's this really long moment where Dal uh, Dalmi is kind of thinking about it. She's sort of thinking, who does she like more? And I was so positive that she was going to pick new Dosan. She just kissed him. It really feels like, you know, that's where her heart is going. And then there's this moment and she says she likes the old one. She picks the old Dosan because what he was to her when she needed it most in her childhood is still the most important thing to her. And there are moments I think she kind of is talking about in the drama that the new Dosan is different to how she's sort of, you know, she's put this guy up on a pedestal. She's created this very romantic ideal around him. And as sweetheart as Dosan is, he's not kind of an emotional romantic exactly because he just doesn't, 
kind of think of the world in this very romantic way, um, which I like. He never changes. You know, I love it at the end of the the whole drama, how Dalmi's talking about wishing on a rainbow and he's just kind of like, blah, 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 light refract, refracting through the whatever it is. I don't know. Obviously, I have no idea <laughs> how rainbows work, but I love that he's still so scientific. And it's like by the end of the drama, Dalmi loves him for him. She loves him how he is. He doesn't need to be different or change or become more you know romantic or anything like that and I really loved that idea um so I've got um oh I don't know why this this isn't really on my list of things I loved it's just on my list about the drama so I've written that when Dalmi finds out that her grandma is losing her vision um you know she goes home to her grandma and she cries a lot and her grandma's hugging her and her grandma like wipes Dalmi's nose all this snot and then like her grandma sticks her hands in Dalmi's hair (laughs) and I was like Grandma, that's so gross. Don't put Dalmi's snot in her hair. Oh my gosh. Um, so I don't, that's on the wrong list. I think that should be on the stuff I didn't like. But anyway. <laughs> okay, so the next one on my list of stuff I loved. Um, when Dosan tells his folks, I loved his parents in this drama. I loved everything about their whole relationship. It was so good. I liked it. So when Dosan tells his folks um, about, you know, that Dalmi is the CEO and also that he cheated on that competition so long ago. And obviously he is a boy genius. He did do amazing. He has done so well, but because of this one time he cheated, he feels like a complete fraud when he's not a complete fraud at all. And that whole, like the emotional fallout of that scene and Dosan himself, it's so heavy. I loved it. It was so well done. Um, very, very moving. Um, so I've written also Nam Ju Hyuk sinks into his role so well that I forget that it's him. And then I've said until <laughs> I'm thinking of this particular scene, he's in Dalmi's house and like him and Ji Pyong are like running around and trying to do like heavy lifting. And I said, like, I keep forgetting that Nam Ji Hyuk is even him. He just comes across as this kind of like, you know, sweet, nerdy sort of tech guy so much until this point in Darby's house. And he's wearing like a tight T-shirt and he's like lifting stuff. And he has like massive like arm muscles, which is obvious that that is not something that I feel like the real Dosan would have because he sits at a computer all day. Whilst obviously Nam Ji Hok goes to the gym and works out. So that was like one of the only times I got kind of pulled out of the drama. And I was like, that doesn't look quite right. Um, but also it was nice. So it was fine. Um, so... I've also written on my list of stuff I loved. Holy fuck, Ji Pyong crying scene, bloody face, I'm not a good boy. <laughs> so that's what I wrote. And what I was referring to is a scene where Ji Pyong and Do San go head to head. They both bash each other up a little bit. And Ji Pyong goes to, um, you know, the grandma's hot dog stand or whatever by the Han River in Seoul. And his face is all bloody and fucked up. And he's so angry and so upset and so destroyed and he's trying to kind of justify him going and telling Dalmi the truth and kind of admitting that he's completely in love with her and how fucked everything is and he's crying and yelling and oh my gosh that scene it killed my heart it was so good and so oh Jipyong was so good and I felt so sad for him. Oh my gosh. Um, so then the next thing on my list, this is again, not something that I particularly loved. Uh, I said that the startup facility looks like a kid's show from the 90s. It also looks like the 90s spewed up on it. Um, I don't know if I loved the decor in the startup facility. I thought it looked 
weird. So this is a sandbox, of course. Um, there was some weird stuff going on. It was very strange looking. Uh, so anyway, um, the last thing on my, my list, and it's not the last thing that I loved about the drama, but it's the last thing I made a note about. Um, I loved this kind of recurring theme between, you know, the relationship with Dalmi and her grandmother, I really, really loved. And there was something that the grandma was kind of saying to Dalmi when she was having a really hard time. It was about, you know, the cosmos flower and that she hadn't bloomed yet, but, you know, when she will bloom. It really reminds me of that really beautiful quote from the movie Mulan, the Disney, you know, animated version of Mulan, um, where Mulan's dad is kind of saying, you know, the, what, what is it like the blossom that blooms in adversity is the most beautiful of all. Like it's a little bit late, but when it does bloom, you know, it's had to go through hell to get there and it's going to be more beautiful than all the other blossoms. And it was like, it really reminded me of that. And it's just such a beautiful, I don't know, it's a beautiful kind of analogy, if that's the right word. Um, I really loved it. I thought it was really nice. Um, so that's it on my list that I wrote down of stuff that I loved, but there was a lot, a lot to love about this drama. But now I'm going to go on to stuff I didn't love, of which there's not much. <laughs> So here's my list of stuff that I didn't love quite as much. Um, realistically, this was pretty great drama, so it's not, not a lot going on here. Um, so I did think that the drama slowed down a little bit for me when Dosan and Dalmi break up and Dosan and the boys go overseas to America um, and there's that three-year gap. It just, I don't want to say it sucked any of the tension out, but I feel like pacing-wise I was kind of like, oh, you know, it's just the, the breakup scene. I can understand why it happened, but at the same time, I just don't love that whole separation thing. Um, but it was still good. Um, so I felt, I think probably this was like literally the only thing that I felt like was a proper thing for me that I didn't love so much is Dalmi's older sister, um, Inje. I found their relationship very interesting at the start and I felt like it, it did feel like a big driving force behind what Dalmi is trying to do at Sandbox and what she wants and also you know so much of her trauma around her family is now embodied by her relationship that's so antagonizing towards Inje and resolving this relationship between them is you know it's a real cathartic thing that then resolves her feelings and pain around the past I think in her dad and her mom and all this stuff um, and I felt really strange that during that three-year time jump is basically when Dalmi and Injay resolve their relationship they repair their relationship off screen basically um, obviously we see that they've had a few moments where in the lead up to that they kind of like one or the other will sort of stick up for the other one um, so you can see that they're kind of edging back together. They do care about each other and they're beginning to admit it. And when everything goes to shit in, you know, Sandbox and their company, Samsung Tech, gets fucked over, um, Dalmi goes and applies for a job at Inje's company. And we kind of see her being really super confident and cool and sitting down at the interview and being like, I want to work there. And we see that Inje's going to listen. But it's kind of, it just, then it just jumps ahead and she's got the job. They've been friends for three years and everything's fine. And I just, and after that point, you know, there's not a lot that can be done with Inje as a character. Um, 
because, you know, there isn't. And all that really happens with her towards the end is it is really nice when you see her reconnect with her family and go see her mum and her um, grandma again. And you kind of realize that NJ is carrying around a lot of guilt because of that decision she made and, you know, changing her last name and moving away from her dad and not seeing him and him dying. And I kind of wish that some of that guilt with her, like, could have been explored a bit earlier because I didn't really realize it never occurred to me um even though now in hindsight it's very obvious of course she would feel really guilty about that it's I mean her dad died and she did love him it's just horrific but um and I know maybe there's not a lot of room in the drama to really explore NJ in depth um which is fine I get that she's kind of like one of the lesser side characters really in the end but I do feel like her her relationship with Dami as a sister, I do wish we could have explored or seen them becoming friends and becoming, you know, a family again on screen. And I feel like that would have been slightly more satisfying to me only because so much is made of their rift at the beginning of the show that I then wanted to see where that culminated and, and you know, how it resolved. I wanted to see that on screen. But to be honest, that's like such a little nitty picky. It's not really an actual <laughs> problem. <laughs> so um, the last thing I had on my list of stuff I didn't love was that I felt super sad <laughs> for Ji Pyong at the end. It was super sad. Um, it was quite heartbreaking. And I think it's very interesting because it was you know obviously it's a love triangle right it's very much so a love triangle but at the same time Dalmi she has a few moments with Ji Pyong that are very well done but you don't ever really get the sense that she is into him or thinking of him in that way specifically um She's very much on board the, the Nam Do San train, <laughs> ship, whatever. <laughs> She's going somewhere. Um, so I never really got the impression that like her feelings were swayed particularly. Um, and I felt like Ji Pyong, you know, all of his big romantic emotional scenes really happened with the grandma <laughs> and Dalmi wasn't even really present for them. So it's just kind of an interesting thing and I suppose um, because of that because of this almost separation between Dalmi and Ji Pyong where all of his big stuff that's happening to him she's not really there to witness it you know like there's a point in the drama that you get to where you're like there's no way that Ji Pyong is going to be the winner in this situation Dalmi knows he exists and you know she trusts him but like it's not a love thing um, and that was sad even though I knew it was coming I just felt yeah it was very very sad and that's not me saying anything bad about the drama like clearly that's what you're meant to feel <laughs> it did very well and it made me feel that um but I yeah it would have been nice for Ji Pyong to I don't know be happy <laughs> I don't know <laughs> I liked him a lot and I felt sad at the end um so that's it from me on startup I think um the end I won't you know I don't know if there's anything particularly to talk about it's just really lovely it's very sweet it's very moving and inspiring um and should you watch it if you haven't watched it if you haven't watched it and you've listened to me waffle on about it um wow I did a lot of spoilers <laughs> um but if you have uh I, I definitely think you should watch it is what I'm trying to say here if you haven't watched it it's definitely worth your time I think it's really good um it's just very charming and nice and you know you won't get bored it's really good so that's all I'll say on Startup, the 16 episode romance drama from 2020 starring Susie Namjukok and Kim Sano.
So now it is time for my random thing of the week, and it's a very random thing. So I wanted to tell you a little story of a thing that happened to me the other day, which is very random and weird. Um, and this is basically an example of how algorithms work on the internet. So I was browsing through Pinterest on my phone and I really like Star Wars. So I was looking up some pictures of Star Wars and Pinterest was like, well, if you like Star Wars, maybe you'd be interested in this photo of that is like showing Queen Amidala in her like full, you know, outfit thing next to a picture, like a vintage photograph of, um, a Mongolian woman dressed up in traditional Mongolian dress. So here's this picture showing how Queen Amidala's, you know, costume from Star Wars is basically actually just a traditional Mongolian outfit. And I was like, wow, Pinterest, that is really interesting. I didn't know that Star Wars completely ripped off a vintage Mongolian outfit for Queen Amidala's look. I do really like this. So I clicked on it. And then Pinterest was like, whoa, well, if you like this photo with this vintage Mongolian outfit, maybe you would like, you know, these other photos of women wearing vintage outfits, you know, like traditional costumes from their different cultures in Asia. And I was like, yes, Pinterest, I do quite like this. This is very interesting. So I clicked on a picture, which was of a woman. It was a photograph of a woman in traditional Chinese clothes. And obviously I didn't notice it so much, but in this picture, this woman who is a real life woman, um, and the picture must've been taken in like the late 1800s or something. She had teeny tiny bound feet. And so Pinterest was like, oh, do you like bound feet? well, what about all these other pictures of women with bound feet? And I was like, no, no, I don't particularly like bound feet or want to look at bound feet on the internet. But Pinterest didn't listen to me and it was like, oh, you just like fucked up feet. And suddenly my entire Pinterest feed was filled with fucked up feet. And they're like, if you like this picture of this woman's bound foot really close up, maybe you'd like this picture of this American celebrity wearing sandals with her like toes sticking out at weird angles. And I was just like, no, no, I don't like any of this. And I don't understand what's happening or why I'm looking at so many pictures of fucked up feet. Um, so that's the end of my story, but that was just like a little lesson to me in how algorithms work and how you can accidentally end up in very weird and scary places on the internet without you really like purposely going on that dark journey. <laughs> so now Pinterest thinks that I have an interest in fucked up feet, which I don't. So even though I've gone back to like my normal Pinterest viewing of like Star Wars and K-dramas and stuff like that, every now and then a little fucked up foot is still appearing on my feed. And I'm like, no, stop. I don't want to see it. So that's the end of my random thing of the day. Um, but I guess, you know, maybe it's just a warning. Be careful. Be careful when using algorithms because um, you just never know where you'll end up. So now it is time for my something I'm loving section for this week. And it's back to K-dramas and away from fucked up feet, um, because that's not really the theme I want to go, go with on this podcast. <laughs> um, so I'm very excited at the moment. I mentioned on last week's show um, that I didn't really realize it, but there was a severe lack of historical K-dramas that kind of came out in 
you know, the main part of 2020 um, at the very end in December. Obviously, there's a few, but I'm very, very excited at the moment because there are so many historical K-dramas on the horizon and they all look bonkers interesting and good and I'm so excited. So uh, I'm just going to list them, I suppose. So I'm really, really excited about um, Secret Royal Inspector, which stars Elle. Um, I cannot wait for that. I think it, I think maybe it's already started. I don't know. I'm going to watch that um, in, in a moment <laughs> when I get around to it. Um, it looks really good. I think it's kind of like a historical, um, a little bit of comedy in there as well. But I'm super interested in the secret royal inspector role in the Joseon dynasty. I find that really fascinating. I only found out this year really about it and realized it was a real thing and that there was actually like, you know, young dudes running around well, not like loads or anything, <laughs> but I was just imagining the kind of like mysteries and corruption cases. And it's just like, I want to watch that drama so badly. I'm very excited. Um, there's also Mr. Queen, which I haven't started yet, which looks really fun. And I just don't understand how they're going to do a romance um, with that. So it's like a time slip drama. Um, it stars uh, Shin Hae-son, who I really, really love and whose name I consistently forget. <laughs> um, it looks so good. So basically you've got a dude from modern days who gets sucked back into the body of a princess and then has to marry the king, which is immediately hilarious and I'm very interested in in where that's going to go um and then I just saw new stills that dropped for an upcoming drama that is apparently going to air once Secret Royal Inspector finishes so that's not for a few months yet as I record this and its title at the moment um which apparently might only be a working title is River Where the Moon Rises and it looks like a little bit of a it's so it's not set during the Joseon dynasty. I actually think it's set in Gogoryo, so not even Goyo, but Gogoryo, which is like a long time ago. <laughs> um, but it stars my favorite actress, Kim Sohyun. So that's not Kim Soohyun, the actor, but the actress, Kim Sohyun. Uh, I love her so much. And it also stars Jisoo, who I just adore. I'm so madly excited for this show. So it's a historical, um, basically, it's based on this really famous uh, folktale. Um, a Gregorio classic folktale that I've actually seen riffed off in dramas before, which is why I'm, I'm not super familiar with it, but I know a little bit about it. And basically she is a very ambitious young woman who is like kind of aiming to be the first woman to rule the country. And he is like a, a warrior general type who's just a bit silly, but also madly in love with her. So she is kind of using him to you know, get her own goals done um, while presumably trying not to fall in love with him back because she's so ambitious that she doesn't want to do that. Um, so I'm like, I'm pretty excited about that drama. I can't wait. And then there's another drama that I just heard casting news for um, that has Kim Yoo Jung in it, who I really like. Uh, she was in, she's been in some not, maybe not so great dramas lately. She was in that, um, yeah, I can't even remember what they're all called now, but yeah, not not so she was in Clean for Passion for Now or whatever that drama was called and then that other one about a convenience store recently that didn't do so well, which I haven't seen. Um, but I do really like the actress Kim Yoo Dong and I'm very excited to see her in a historical. So I think that one is a Joseon one and she's like a painter and I can't wait is the point of this long waffle. So many historicals coming out and I'm very, 
very, very excited. Um, so that's it for me on stuff that I'm loving this week. But basically, I'm just loving sitting around and thinking about the fact that I'm going to get to watch all of these shows, you know, soon enough. Um, the long as, you know, there's no breaks in the creation of them due to 2020 reasons, which presumably, you know, coronavirus will still exist in 2021, unfortunately. <laughs> I don't think it's just going to like, you know, puff away because the new year rolls around. Anyway, that's that's it for my waffle. Um, that is what I'm loving this week. Whoops, actually, so I just forgot a little thing uh, that I wanted to add. <laughs> So professional, aren't I? Um, so I have a lovely friend who I've met through this K-drama podcast and her name's Catherine and she is an actress, which I think is insanely cool because, you know, that's not something that I could ever do. <laughs> it's so far beyond my experience, um, but I'm quite fascinated by it. So Catherine actually sent me a link. Um, she is starring in a short film which has now gone up so you can actually watch it. So it's it's on public view. Is that what? I don't really know. It's been officially released. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, so I watched it and it is so cool. So it's only 12 minutes long. It's a super short film. I found it so intense and emotional and I loved it a lot. And I think I'm just so fascinated by the idea of, I guess, that short term storytelling. Like, you know, how do you get across so much with so little in so little amount of time? Like, and I just find it really interesting um, as someone who likes stories and, you know, loves dramas and short-term storytelling as well as long-term. So I highly, highly recommend that you go check out this short film. So it is free. Um, so if you just go to YouTube, you just search for the film title, which is Cool for Five Seconds. So that's just on YouTube and it's called Cool for Five Seconds and it stars Catherine. So make sure you go and have a look and also make sure you give it a like because that obviously helps Catherine as well. A like on YouTube, I mean. Um, so yeah, thank you so much, Catherine, for sending that through. Um, I enjoyed watching it so much. It's such a cool film. <laughs> 